Chiefs recorded season lows in total yards and passing yards in Sunday's game at Denver, and the Broncos won time of possession, and yet the Chiefs recorded their most lopsided victory of the season, 43-16. It happened because every phase contributed. Defense, special teams, and the offense all produced touchdowns. We talk about it on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, October 26th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Sam McDowell, Herbie Teope, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam Mellinger joined me after the game to break down the victory. Before we start gabbing with each other and we check out what our viewers had to say on Sportsbeat Live, let's hear from one of the stars of the game. We'll start today's show with Byron Pringle's post-game meeting with reporters, and then we'll get into the A-team conversation. Here we go. Hey, Byron. Are you ready for us? Yes, sir. How you doing? Good, good. We'll get started with Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Byron, congrats on the win. I was wondering if you could just, as, as detailed as you can, break down what you were seeing on, on the long touchdown. Uh, when they uh, kicked the ball to me, I knew it was going all right. Uh, I just took a, a full advantage of uh, my opportunity being back there, for one, being asked the kickoff returner for this game. And uh, I knew I was going to hit it hard. And it, uh, once I seen the hole break uh, open up, I just ran through a power. And I knew I had two dudes backside to, to make miss. And once I made a miss, I just ran to the touchdown. I wasn't looking back. Let's go next to Mick Schaefer. Go ahead, Mick. All right, I got to ask if you're inspired by uh, Philip Brooks and your uh, K-Staters yesterday in the Sunflower Showdown and all those uh, kickoff or kick returns. Yes, sir. I've been, I've been watching Philip uh, Brooks since last year, him and uh, Youngblood, me and Josh Youngblood. And uh, once I seen that record uh, he broke yesterday, uh, he, he had two returns for 180, I mean 189. And I'm like, man, he's, he's something special. And uh, it's good Kansas State still keeping the thing rolling and keep keep going one to know every week. Next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Byron, I wonder if you could uh, tell us you know, what you saw on the punt that you were able to down inside the one, and how much have you guys been putting attention on that the last few weeks with you know having so many touchbacks going into the end zone? Uh, we, we never stopped uh, working on it, and me especially, because uh, like last year in the Super Bowl, I missed one in the Super Bowl, and uh, I told myself uh, next time I'm, I, I'm able to be able to throw it back in into the field of play, I'm going to do the best I, I can to get it back to the, to my other ten uh, players on the field. And uh, when the returner was blocking me, I knew he wasn't going to block me for that long. And uh, once I seen the ball take a bounce, I knew it was coming back to, towards me, so I just picked it up, and I, I was so happy I made that play. And I know, I know Coach Toe happy, too, because I missed a lot of them. Let's go next to Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair. Byron, you had the big reception at Buffalo last week, and now the special teams play today. I just want to know, how important is it for you to take advantage of these opportunities? Uh, opportunity is something, is something I always take. I take full advantage of coming in, uh, like coming, like going to JUCO. I took full advantage of that opportunity. In in playing, being able to play for Bill Snyder, I took full advantage of that opportunity. Not only just a, as a football player, but as a student as well. Getting. Uh, Bit 12 commissioner on the road and, and coming in here in Kansas City and having an opportunity. To me, this is an opportunity being able to come here and uh, showcase my talent. And whenever my name calls, I'm just going to give it my, my all. We've got time for a couple more guys. We're going to go Nate and then Adam. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Brian, I just wanted to ask you, what was the best or favorite thing you heard from your teammates after your kickoff return for a touchdown? 
Oh man, you run like a horse, man. You hit that thing, you hit it, you hit it fast. And uh that's something I always do in practice and it just translated to the game. Every time I'm back there in practice, I, I hit it hard because I never know when my my number my number will be called to go back there and return. Adam Teicher to close us out. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Byron, um, after the, the plays you made, just curious uh, on special teams, just curious whether you felt like you left anything out on the field tonight or were you pretty satisfied with that you took advantage of all the opportunities you had today? Uh, I'm not I'm not satisfied. Uh, if, when the dude muffed the punt, I wish I would have been able to recover that. And um, that's about it. I wish I took advantage of that, that muffed punt and recovered it for our, our team. Hey, welcome to Sports Beat Live, where the folks who cover the Chiefs for the Kansas City Star talk about the team, the game, and we do it among ourselves, and we do it with you as well. So send us your questions and comments, and we will talk about the Chiefs' 43-16 to victory over the Denver Broncos today, and we'll do it with... Folks like Vahe Gregorian and Sam Mellinger, they're in the house right now. What's up, guys? Well, of course. I just <laughs> I, I, I saw one guest for a second. Did it, is he? <laughs> oh, we'll get to him in just a moment. I just wanted to okay. say hello to you guys. I was, you know, it took the, whatever words I had. It just <laughs> they got replaced when I saw that that sweet face. <laughs> also joining us is Herbie Tiope. Herbie, how you doing tonight? There he is. Larger than life. Herbie T.O.P. Apparently can't oh, no. <laughs> He's just staring at us. <laughs> All, right. All right. Beth is going to get that fixed. I know she will. Uh, and we'll also be joined by Sam McDowell here in, in a little while. So, Beth, let me know when we get Herbie. Um, we can hear Herbie because we cannot, we cannot do a show without Herbie T.O.P. So, um, all right, guys, uh, let's uh, – so you're looking looking at the final stats. You see where the Chiefs uh, accumulated a season low 286 yards. Patrick Mahomes 200 yards passing. I don't know if that's a season low, but he kind of had to rally. It to is. Get to, yeah. is it? He had to rally yeah. to get to that. Um, uh, you know, the Chiefs had a, a, a vo- an offensive void in the you know in the second and third quarters, at least getting into the end zone. And they win a game more decisively than they've won a game this season. So what do we say about these Chiefs? Let's start with you, Melly. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that kept hitting me across the head, um, basically from the, from the kickoff on, is, is how many different ways this team can win games. Um, and, you know, not just this game, although it's a, <laughs> a beautiful example with, uh, you know, Daniel Swanson, a pick six, uh, Byron Pringle, the the big kickoff return. You you mentioned all that. The you know there was good cover. I mean they they just Willie Gay's progression is pretty noticeable. Um, Le'Veon Bell ran with honestly with more juice than than I expected um, at this point. But we've also seen it just throughout the season. You know what I mean? They won with patience against the Texans. They won you know in the clutch against the Chargers. They won with just overwhelming like strength and speed against the Ravens. They've won with the run game against the Bills. Um, it, it's just, it's really remarkable, especially just two years ago, it was like threading a needle and Mahomes had to be great. And then you just hope at the end, you know, and, and this team just has so many different ways to do it. It's, it's pretty striking. We say, Vahe. 
I'd say the same thing. Um, I, I really like how Sam cataloged it through the season because that, that really is a, a great kind of spectrum of how it's played out. Um, I was pretty cognizant of just the last two weeks in particular, the way uh, they you know inflicted the run game last week on the Bills. And then today, I mean, really, the, the Broncos kind of got what they wanted in, in the Mahomes context. I mean, it, there was this 10-minute uh, and six-second period in the second quarter where Mahomes didn't get on the field. Uh, but unfortunately for the Broncos, that's where they lost the game too. Both with the uh, the Sorensen play and the the Pringle play, and so I, I guess I, you know, Sam and I were in touch during the game, and and I think are 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 both coming away with the feeling of just how many different ways they can they can do this. Blair, I was thinking of your uh, English literature background and the little Shakespearean uh, concept of how how many ways can I beat the? Uh, let me count them. Um, so it just, it just keeps kind of happening that way. And look, and, and the bigger point really is that they just are, uh, it was complimentary football. uh, That's become a part of their game. The special teams had been a little bit of a, uh, a strange disappointment a lot of the season. And today, uh, that, that wasn't the case. And Blair, your, your story on Byron Pringle got into this too, not just the 102 yard, uh, return, but down on that ball inside the one. That that was the drive that ultimately became the the Sorensen uh, interception return, and so anyway, it's just just pretty impressive. And I, I I looked this up, and I I this was the most lopsided win in Denver since 1966. So that's that, uh, <laughs> quite a thing in this in this series. Yeah, look, they won big there last year, but of course, the big news out of the Denver game a year ago was the Patrick Mahomes knee injury. But before that overtime game and you know the fourth quarter comeback game they've always you know, even the chiefs have won the division for the last four years they've always had a battle in denver and the, with the broncos team that didn't make the playoffs but um yeah listen you, you guys are right the, the byron pringle he, the, the last four times he's touched the ball in a game he had you know a, a nine yard reception for a first down and buffalo the 37 yard catch that was a big play in Buffalo in the fourth quarter. And then the kickoff return and the downing, the punt inside the one. So let him touch the ball a little more, I think, <laughs> is, the, is the message here. Um, I remember that play last year in, in uh, Detroit, too. He had a, Detroit, yeah. a big play uh, going into the, the final series, right? That, that yep. thing was down the stretch. Yeah, he did. He just he answers the bell every time he's called upon. And uh, it's great to see, especially as a, as a K-Stater, you know, local, a, a local product. I don't know. The thing that I guess concerns me a little bit is special teams can have a great game. And, and I agree with you, Vahe. I, I, this was their best game. I, and I think it's their best game because they've had a lot of mediocre games this season. Um, and defense played terrific, four takeaways. But I don't think week in and week out you can count on those things. The things that we've been able to count on with the Chiefs have been Patrick Mahomes and you know the, 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 the Pro Bowl or All-Pro you know, receiving core, and they weren't there today. Um, it's a good thing that defense and special teams were there today, but, you know, maybe I'm, I'm nitpicking a little bit here. Uh, and, and give credit to Denver, and Vic Fangio's a great defensive mind, no doubt about it. The guy, I figured he'd have some sort of plan for the Chiefs, and how many times was Mahomes sacked today? It was three in the first half. Did it end up being four? I mean, it was – he went we, down with a yeah. four-man rush a lot today. Yeah. Certainly got sacked on that first play of the second half. Also, I, I I didn't look at the final stats, but but he certainly was uh, contained, right? I mean, 
through three quarters, they had one offensive touchdown. And um, I, it, 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 it's, it's interesting to try to think through how this game would have played out if not for those two big plays. Maybe Chiefs strategically would have handled it differently too. I, I, you know, it was 24 to nine, I guess, Blair and Sam, when they, they took the ball with four minutes left roughly in the uh, second quarter. Um, I think I thought they were going to score then and maybe score, score on the first uh, drive of the second half and really, really put it away. And they didn't score on either. And I don't know if they played a little differently because of that uh, margin they held. It's a weird thing. Like um, Andy Reid says it. Um, Eric Bieniemy says it better. Like he says, every every play that we have is designed to score a touchdown. Um, I mean, they are aggressive, but there's a long and not just since Mahomes has been the quarterback. Um, you know, basically since Andy Reid has been here, it seems like when when the Chiefs get a big lead, uh, they they kind of go vanilla and and they don't they don't pour it on. And that's probably a thing. That's a good problem to have. It means you you're getting big leads, right? But um, I don't know how much of it was like that game situation because that, that has been a trend and how much of it is just like subtle execution stuff. Like there were two plays um, that, that really stuck out to me. One, Jeff Schwartz, if people are on Twitter, Jeff Schwartz broke this play down perfectly. It was that third and I think four sack that Chubb got. And his point was that Le'Veon Bell just needs to turn his head around and, and look for the pass. And Mahomes was cocked and ready to throw it, but – Le'Veon did, wouldn't wouldn't turn around, so he just took the sack. Um, you know, you would think that after another month or two months or whatever, Le'Veon Bell will have the the pace of this offense. I mean, going from the Jets to the Chiefs must be whiplash, you know, for a running back with, with all the different stuff he's got to learn. And then the other one was a play on the other end of the field, I think, in the third quarter, um, and it was a third down, and it was down the right sideline. Um, Mahomes had, had flushed a pocket and made eye contact with Edwards Hilaire who got behind the defender and Mahomes made this kind of, <laughs> it's a pretty sweet pass, uh, you know, just sort yeah, of off was. platform or whatever, kind of short armed it and put it right on his hands. And Edwards Hilaire just dropped it. Um, you know, if, if you get those two plays, we're talking about eight more points. And, and I don't know how much it still wouldn't have, you know, they, they had other issues. I'm not trying to say otherwise, but um, I, I think some of that stuff would have been cleaned up with just those two plays. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, it is kind of funny. One quick thought on this, just overall, and, and and sorry to interrupt, Blair. Just, I mean, we're watching them function in snow and fifteen degree temperature. <laughs> they're supposed to just do what they do, and you know, I I get it. They're pros, and they they have uh, dealt with these kind of situations before. But I I do wonder how much that's a factor in how today played out. Um, too. I mean, it it's, it's we, we can't can't really tell exactly how it would have been otherwise. We don't know, but it's just something I I think of. Yeah, and I, I do keep going back to this thought that I've had a few times over the last three years when it's, you know, uh, they can't beat man or they can't beat, you know, deep coverage or whatever. And I keep thinking, like, if, if your biggest concern about the Chiefs is the offense, like, you're, you're good. <laughs> Just wait that out. It'll be fine. Well, I wonder, I wonder how many teams in NFL history scored 43 points and went 0 for, as much as 0 for 8 on third down conversion. Yeah, right. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay, we've got uh, we got Sam McDowell here. What's up, Sam? What's going on, guys? And I believe we no have no way. Her. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. We've got Herbie Tiope. Herbie, you. are you there? <laughs> no. <laughs> Can't hear you, Herbie. <laughs> God, he uh, can hear us though. That's that's a plus. That's some progress. Can you hear us? <laughs> 
Just hold up like cue cards or something, bud. <laughs> oh man. This 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 kind of reminds me of like when Chris Owings and was it 2018? Like he just could not get a hit for his life and they just kept trotting him back out there. Just kept trying, kept trying. Like someday it's gonna happen. This guy's gonna break through. That's what we're doing with Herbie here. Uh, he's he's really going to the cue cards. I like this. <laughs> Needs to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> sweet, buddy. We miss you, too. Yeah. Sorry, Herbie. Well, hang hang on. Listen to us anyway and tell us where we go off track here. Um, Sam McDowell, uh, what did uh, – uh, so you wrote about the defense. So he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but, he's, but he's listening. Um, yeah, I mean, probably not. I guess what's weird about this game is there were a lot of weird plays in it, but still after a 43-16 to 16 game, I, I thought it, it, it all centered just towards one thing. So I didn't feel like there were a ton of storylines maybe that came out of it. Um, so it's probably a little bit similar to, I mean, things that Vahe and Sam touched on before I hopped on here. But, um, you know, obviously they, they, they found a way to win when they didn't need Patrick Mahomes to be great. But what was relevant to me is two weeks ago, this defense basically said, we're going to need you to be great this week. Go ahead and take care of this week. And in the past, we've seen that become a trend. And now after they had a bad game, it didn't multiply into two or three or four. It was one bad outing against the Raiders. And the next two, the defense has been back to being really good. They only had 200, I think, six yards to the Bills last week and then today I, I know the yardage may not apply but first of all they had to play two extra possessions of defense because they had a pick six and they had a kickoff return for a touchdown so they're on the field a lot today so I don't think the yards is a really quite fair statistic to judge how the defense played they forced four turnovers they sacked Drew Locke three times so to me the defense was good in back-to-back weeks after a week in which they were the worst you know there's some advanced metrics and I got into this a little bit but um, you know, like football outsiders, which which I know Melly uses as well, says that this defense is better than it was in 2019. And there's some other stats that also show that these guys are already better than they were in 2019. I think that looks like it, too. I mean, just um, I, do too. I mean, I love the metrics, but I think it's, you know, it's still got to match up sometimes. And, and you feel better about it when it when it matches up what you see. Like, the, you know, scoring is I mean, this has been a big topic right around the league scoring. Yeah, that's a good the highest scoring league. Um, you know, yeah. in, in, in years and except for the Raiders game, which is just, you know, um, the anomaly, if we're looking at the whole season, they've allowed 20 or fewer in every game. It's that's, that's pretty crazy. That That's pretty crazy for a team to be able to do. I keep waiting for them to be exploited by the, their issues in the run game, but it, in the end, it hasn't, it hasn't really hurt them uh, quite that much. I mean, yeah. it, today is a good example, right? They gave up some big runs. Some of those, like, I don't know if they technically qualify as chunk yards, right? But it seemed like Phil Lindsay was getting some some pretty good runs, and it's just they still shut him down. Yeah. I thought Philip Lindsay was at his best when he was cutting back, right? Uh, you know, hole wasn't there. He cut back, and uh, there's still a still a little bit of an issue. But you know, the, the ch- I, I thought it was a smart game plan by Steve Spagnuolo to put pressure on a quarterback starting his ninth NFL game, yeah. and. Um, and it's not like, you know, there are 75,000 fans at the stadium. You know, there are 5,700 fans. It's basically a, a, a neutral field. And they put pressure on Drew Locke and, and may have been his fourth game a, as a pro. I know he, he didn't like how he played against the Patriots last week, but they won the game. And 
today, um, it was uh, just not a not a great game for Drew Locke. Yeah, his numbers were better than his actual play on the field. I, I thought, especially in the first half, Drew Locke was really bad, and there were there were. You know, he didn't give his receivers a chance on a lot of plays. He threw the ball away, and maybe the coverage was great downfield. Um, I thought he struggled to just identify where the blitz was coming from. To your point, Blair, on, on Spagnola choosing to blitz him, it seemed like he, he struggled to figure out which which guys were coming and where the pressure was coming from. And then, I mean, obviously the, the, the pass to Sorensen was bad. Um, now, now Hamler should have caught the ball on, which – that was like the funniest quote I thought we had post game. His Tyron Matthew on his interception just said, "You expect an NFL receiver to catch that, but I'm glad he didn't." <laughs> Somehow he said it in a way that wasn't. It didn't come across as taunting, or or it didn't come across as as taunting as it will read when it's in print yeah, yeah. and and in the but, Denver locker room. I'm sure it was one. But Matthew did laugh after he said it. Like he was like, "Ooh, I don't know if that's the way I meant that to come out." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll see your funny post game quote and raise you with when Patrick Mahomes was talking, and it was to Sam Mellinger's question, and Patrick said something to the effect of, "Young Patrick would have tried yeah. to something." <laughs> Young Patrick, yeah, he's twenty five. He's right, <laughs> right. You know, while while we're on post game quotes, I'm getting on my phone because I've got to read one from the Denver left tackle that uh, the Denver Post tweeted out. Um, Garrett Bowles, he said he was asked what separates the Broncos from the Chiefs, and he said, "I think we're neck and neck." But that's just me personally. I don't think there's anything that makes them more spectacular than us. I, I can think of one guy. That, that is that just him personally. <laughs> <laughs> how, much, how much do you think NFL teams really ever uh, uh, feel like they need to use bulletin board material? I mean, is, it, is that the sort of thing that ends up getting the attention of the Chiefs in a couple of weeks? I just, I just think that Garrett Bowles has a really good sports psychologist that probably needs a raise. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen though. If you're if you're playing the line, you know, you felt like you played with the Chiefs. If you're the Broncos, right? From a total yard standpoint, from that's a fair point. Yeah, I mean, don't you? You, you physically matched up against the Chiefs, so yeah. But, but I do think also, those numbers are skewed by those two by those two big they, plays. They, they got two. They got two less offensive possessions. The the yards per play still favors the Chiefs. Right? Yeah, by a little bit. Yeah, there, there is like a um, you know. Like when you play pickup basketball, if you get somebody on the court that's like got the delusional Where's confidence, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the like just unnecessary delusional confidence guy. He's the worst guy on the field or on Give the court. Give us a name. Give um, us a name. <laughs> uh, there was uh, Rudolph um, way back in the day, but um, and then um, but now, like if you're like you don't get to be a professional athlete unless you have delusional confidence <laughs> at some point in your life. Like I mean, that's good for him. Good for Garrett. Where does, this, where does this fit in with the only time I play pickup basketball with you and you hit everything for free? Where does that fit? You got to keep shooting. No matter what, man. <laughs> Kirby reminds us that the Broncos only had one explosive play, uh, 20 yards or more. So um, a good point by Herbie. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. 
your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. How about general impressions, Herbie? I just thought um, interesting game uh, for a lot of reasons. Chiefs played without Sammy Watkins again, without Mitchell Schwartz for the first time, and missed his first start in nine years. And yet, they they won their had their most lopsided outcome of the season. It was it was an impressive win, complete domination, and a ten straight win over the over yeah. the Broncos. Andy Reid now twenty seven and four versus the AFC West since the start of the twenty fifteen season. To, to Sam's point, because even though y'all couldn't see or hear me initially, I was listening to what Sam was saying. Uh, Garrett Bowles, wow, man, that, that's a that, that's a really bold statement. Um, after your team has just walked ten straight, I, I, this Chiefs team today was just so impressive. It, it's not every week you see an NFL team win with all three phases of the game, and, and they did it all in the first half, and that that was just impressive attack to me. Kyle Coffey says, time for the NFL to give this defense the respect they deserve. They are absolutely shutting teams down. They had one bad game where they had coverage mishaps against Vegas, but that's been it. I agree. I agree. Yep. Um, I will say this, though, Blair, to Tobias' point earlier, because I heard him say about the if, – if I have any concerns about this, and it's going to go back to Melly, because Melly always says this, it seems like every Thursday on our Thursday shows, the run defense – I mean, when you when you push when you peel everything back, I mean, 177 yards rushing allowed—that's a lot of friggin' yards, man. I mean, the Chiefs entered this game ranked 30th in the league, and they were only allowing 145. So now it's 177 they just gave up. So I'm sure their their ranking is going to drop even more. And how much how much further can you drop? You're going to face a team eventually, especially when you start getting near the playoffs. The Steelers run the ball, the Titans run the ball, and we're at the midpoint of the season. And you'd like the issues to be addressed for the stretch run. And I think stopping the run has got to be a concern here. But to, to, to sort of counterpoint that, because we have been talking about this for two years, the evidence is sort of there that they don't need to fix this, do they? I mean, based on what the, the fact that the defense was still top 10 in points allowed this year, they finished, what was it, the last eight games of last year, including the playoffs, top 10 in points against – and teams have been running all over them the entire time. I think they've sort of decided this is the weakness that, that they're okay with right now. Well, they haven't paid the price for it. I mean, it hasn't cost them, yeah. right? It, to, to, to your point, Sam, I mean, that, yeah, that, no, that's true. It was 5.4 five, 5. yards a carry. The Raiders, though. The Raiders, what, they had seven explosive plays, six of them coming through the, the Raiders was the passing game, though. The Raiders are the only team that have passed for 300 yards against them. Hold up, I'm going back here because I know the Raiders put up some yards also on the ground. All right, while you're looking, Herbert. Rushing, two touchdowns. How, what was the total? <laughs> uh, Three yards rushing and two touchdowns. Okay. Uh, David Everling uh, says Nick Kaiser was having a miserable day until the catch late in the game, which looks suspiciously like the one he dropped against the Raiders. I had the same thought. Yeah. I was feeling bad for, for uh, Nick Kaiser with the, after losing the fumble. Um, but he had a key block on the Pringle touchdown return uh, as well, kickoff return, and it was nice to see him with a, with, with a long reception later in the game. Good for his confidence. Um, 
TV cameras caught Nick Kaiser over there, and as Melly likes to say, someone needs a hug. And, and at that point, after the, the, the Broncos scored, the TV camera panned immediately over to Nick Kaiser, and he's on the sideline, and nobody was around him. I felt kind of bad. <laughs> he needed that play, though, to, to boost his confidence. Brian Johnson with a, uh, with a Wildcat logo says, been calling it for three years. Pringle has better kick return instincts than the stat starter, uh, which is uh, McCole Hardman. Showed him yeah. today. That was that was impressive. It was basically it was well blocked, but one one good move and he was gone. And this is what he did in college. He returned a kick for a touchdown each of his two years at Kansas State. And tell you what, when you when you draft a Kansas State wide receiver who's had some time returning kicks, you're going to get somebody who knows how to do that. And that was a heck of a play. I, I like that word that he used: instincts. It does seem like he he he's got a little bit of timing. He's got like something, you know, like in. Uh, sorry about these analogies, but like in, in baseball, they talk about a pitcher that can like sit ninety five and then go get ninety eight or ninety nine when he needs it. And like Pringle, is, he's running up, but he's kind. Of, it's almost like he's waiting, like a Le'Veon Bell patience, you know. And then it, when he sees it, and then he goes to another gear. It's it's he seems to do that pretty consistently. If St. Clair and I were talking about it in here, I mean, you know, Hardman had the one for 104 yards last year, but I think it's a legitimate question we'll never know the answer to. Would, would Hardman have taken that one back? Right. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't think you. I don't think we're going to see him get another opportunity. I think we'll see Hardman continue on the punt returns, but Pringle's going to be your guy back there for for kickoff returns, I believe. Well, you know. Two weeks ago, they they put I think it was Fenton back there in a game just one yeah, time. And remember, Dave Tobe was asked about it uh, the following week on when the coordinators were available, and said the reason they they took Hardman out was because they wanted to bait the other team into actually kicking uh, a returnable kick rather than just kicking it through the end zone. We know for sure that McManus can kick the ball through the end zone in Denver, and I wonder if they saw Pringle back there today and thought we might be able to try to pin them a little bit deeper than the 25-yard lines, and they got bit. That's an interesting point, yeah. Yeah, good point. Let's stay on special teams for a moment here. Kathy Christensen and Dan Walden are asking about Harrison Butker. You know, I was um, – until until the Chad Henney touchdown, the Chiefs special teams were perfect as far as I was concerned. A perfect day. A kickoff return, a punt down inside the one – uh, three field goals for Butker on a, on a snowy field, missed, made all of his extra points, and then he missed the final extra point, giving him five misses for the year. And Sam McDowell, you noticed something about Harrison Butker the first time he lined up for an extra point. Yeah, he was lined up on the right hash, which is definitely an adjustment because of, uh, didn't Cairo Santos used to do that too? I think he also was a right hash extra point guy. So um, he's, he's switched something. It, you know, it's funny that you mentioned it was after the Henny touchdown. Looking back, I guess Butker's probably the only guy that wasn't just absolutely elated about Chad Henny getting a rushing <laughs> touchdown in a 43-16 game. Well, Chad Henny was elated. Absolutely pumped. <laughs> yeah. That was great. That was one happy backup quarterback right there, man. <laughs> oh, man. So a lot of these comments are about Herbie, so we'll stay away from those. <laughs> He's back. To Harrison Bucker's point, I mean, and I think that's a valid concern. you got to remember, when he entered this year, he was converting on at least 93 and above percent on extra points this year he's he's now 19 to 24 so my math is correct he's at what 79.1 percent that's a drastic drop from the career <laughs> guy who was averaging 23 percent and 
if I may, I'm going to point the finger at Melly because remember uh, Melly wrote that glowing column about a couple of weeks ago, and all of a sudden the, the wheels just came off. So it's all on Melly. Well, he's won the one game, right? I mean, he's uh, he, you, you get two fifty-eight yarders in a game, including the walk-off. You've you've done your job. So uh, that's what Melly wrote the column. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Better move, man. Get it in when you can. <laughs> did Herbie just say if my math is correct as if he didn't actually already look that up? Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was subtle but easy to expose. Don't <laughs> self move. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, Brian LaBerge says Hardman looked good early today. Vahe and I, we were talking about the same thing in the uh, in the office. It looked like there was a um, a concerted effort to get uh, uh, McCole Hardman into the offense after basically not being persona non grata last week at Buffalo. Um, had the big uh, had a couple of big plays early on. So. You know the the guy that we didn't see a lot of today. I'm, I'm trying to look up his numbers. Um, to get my math correct on this. Um, but Demarcus Robinson, I didn't think we saw in the field as much, just snap count wise. I'll be interested whenever Herbie breaks that down tomorrow, but I, I didn't feel like we saw quite as much as Demarcus Robinson on the field today. And it seemed like we did see more, more Byron Pringle on the field. And like you mentioned, there was, a, there was definitely an emphasis to get, when you have a reverse to the guy in the opening play of the game, it's not Tyree Hill. There, there, there's a point to get McCall Hardman involved. I think I might be wrong about this, but, I don't think Hardman had a, a target after the first quarter. Uh, it, it, am I right about that? No, uh, he just it was too early. We've seen Andy do that before. Um, I feel like I, I can remember a, a, certainly a handful of games where Andy kind of primes the pump with one guy and, and you know really goes to him early just to make sure he's involved, and then and they just kind of move on. Vahe, to that point, I'm going to invoke a name not heard in a long time. The Chad Hall game in Tennessee. See if you guys remember yeah. that. Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly right. First oh. series, right? Yeah, like six straight passes to, to him or something like that. <laughs> Barbara Hedrick wants to know if the Bucker issue is tied to the new holder. I think we've asked uh, – Dave Tobesman asked that, and, he, of course, he denies that that is an issue. Um but it, it is the new dynamic, right, for, uh, for for Butker this year. Well, Colquitt's out there. I mean, if they want to put just a holder on the roster. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Didn't Tobe call the holds perfect? Didn't he use that word? Yeah, I yeah. think he did. Yeah. I, I will say the manner in which Tobe said it, it was believable. It certainly convinced me that the holds had not been an issue. Carol, Carol Spencer says the team really rallied around Henny. I thought that said Herbie at first, but both are true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, all right, uh, six and one. They lead the division. How about the Raiders today? After you know, after the big win over the Chiefs, this was their first game since then. Played the Tampa Bay Bucks at home and got trucked by Tom Brady and company. So. Uh, Chiefs are am I right on the record six and one and uh, Raiders are now three and three Chargers got the win today over the uh, over the uh, the Jaguars and so uh, look uh, I, I thought that certainly the the game that Chiefs fans were paying attention to were Steelers Titans I watched a lot of that game and and as I'm watching it I'm thinking look you're, you're right Herbie you made the point Steelers and Titans both can run the ball effectively um, but 
I see the Chiefs beating both of those teams. And I, 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 I don't know. We're, we're almost halfway there, right? After they play the Jets next weekend, they'll play eight games. Halfway through the season, I still see the Chiefs as the best team in the AFC. You guys with me? I think the Steelers are really interesting. Um, I, I was – I don't know. I'm not skeptical. I wouldn't use that word. But I I wasn't sure what what version of Ben Roethlisberger we'd see this year. But, um, gosh, he looks really good. Um, and, uh, I mean, he'll make some interceptions every once in a while. But um, he looks really good. And they got, you know, um, Claypool has emerged and Smith-Schuster. I mean, they, they just got some guys. And that defense has been – crushing people the the one thing i wonder about of course is uh you know they blitz their blitz rate is you know far and away the tops in the league and you know we know what mahomes usually does with blitzes yeah exactly hey let me get to a couple more questions before we we, we get out of here um brian laberge asked did anybody ask frank clark about the flea flicker we didn't get to talk to frank clark after the game but that was one heck of a flea flicker right there. That was so funny. That was, that was flicked so to funny. the moon, man. <laughs> the video camera that was on uh, Melvin Gordon's face, as soon as he flipped the ball back, you see how, how wide his eyes got. He's like, oh, I just threw that over his shoulder. Yeah, that, was, that was not a good play. I, I really never wanted to see Frank Clark's touchdown celebration if he if he busted loose there. I, I, oh, I man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a good call. And, and Steve Kidwell asks, the pick six, was it a bad throw or a good read by Dan or both? I, I think it was a combination of several things, both of those things. And who got the rush? Who was in – Anthony Hitchens. Hitchens. It was in Drew Locke's face. That was terrific. Put the pressure on Locke, and he turned it loose and didn't see where it was going. And and, and Dan Sorensen has had nine interceptions in his career. He had one last week in Buffalo and the one today. Three of them have been returned for touchdowns. So huh. – Dan is an opportunist. You, you know what, Blair? Tyron Matthew basically said after the game that that wasn't his assignment, that it was actually Tyron Matthew's guy. He said, because the way what he said was, if I tell, if I break down that play for you, I'll basically be admitting that I missed my assignment on that. So I think that was Tyron Matthew's guy, and Sorensen cut in front and just read the play really well. And, and one, of the, one of the other things that we'd love to, to hear, if all five of us could be dispersed throughout the locker room, we'd probably get a pretty good insight on what exactly happened there. Yeah. I, I took Tyron differently than you, Sam. I thought he was saying that, that he would be uh, given away that he wasn't properly watching his guy in man to man if he. Because uh, it was man coverage, yeah. Yeah, was, man yeah coverage. that's how I took it, but uh, I might be wrong. But um, I see what you're saying. Okay. That yeah. could be. Okay, one more, one more question. Daniel Sorensen, anyway, yeah. The one more question. You're undefeated, as Therese Paler would say. <laughs> right. Peter Alden asked, what was up with not blocking Chubb twice today? I think, didn't Mahomes take, uh, take his offensive line off the hook on that one? Mm-hmm. Only uh, one of them. He, he said there was a miscue in the offensive line on one of the three sacks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Listen – Again, I'll, I'll repeat this. Vic Fangio is a great defensive coach, and I thought he had a good game plan for, for stopping Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. He just failed in other areas of the game today, like special teams and offense for the Denver Broncos. So yeah, All offense, yeah. <laughs> right. right. All right. Listen, guys, it was, uh, it was great talking to you. Uh, great questions from, uh, from our audience. Appreciate it, everybody. And... Um, Kirby, what can I say? Uh, it was a minor miracle that we got you here today. and uh, <laughs> It's a new era. 
<laughs> well, Herbie, as long as he's reporting from home, will be larger than life every time. So uh, because Herbie is here on Zoom and the rest of us are on another platform. So um, for Zoom Herbie and for other platforms, Sam Mellinger, Sam McDowell, and Vahe Gregorian, I'm Blair Kirkhoff. And Beth Welsh, our producer, thank you so much, Beth. We will talk to you guys again on Thursday morning at 9.30 to preview the New York Jets game. Take care. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to the A-team, Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian, Herbie Teope, and Sam McDowell. For Talking Chiefs, you can read their stuff in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we got another deal for you, especially for those who want to deep dive into the Stars' terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? Well, you go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. Do you want more than sports coverage? I do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product, sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. If you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email at bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, You're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.